This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Hello, everybody. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Where are we, dear? We are live from the Two to One Conference. It's a Christian homeschool blogging conference, and it's just some fantastic people here. A lot of the, your favorite bloggers are here talking to us this weekend. Mm-hmm. Hal and I are speaking on how to write a book and how to start public speaking. And we are here in Herndon, Virginia, like almost literally on the flight path from Dulles International Airport. And it's uh, a busy place, and uh, it's a great conference. We're enjoying it so far. So. Now, our dog nearly had a nervous breakdown as each of us left. But, she gets, but you know, we left adults at the house to take care of her. She just gets alarmed when the suitcases come out. Yes. That's which just is, the way it is. Y'all know how much we travel. This is a dog who stays alarmed. Yeah, she's just a worried dog, but that's okay. Well, we had some excitement this, this past week, Hal. Uh, it was more than just one one day, too. Our book, Love, Honor, and Virtue, Gaining mm-hmm. or Regaining a Biblical Attitude Towards Sexuality. It's our book for teen and 20-something guys. Mm-hmm. Hit number one in its category on Amazon. That was a big deal. And wow, what a, what a surprise and what a delight, too. Because I think that brings it to the attention of a lot of people when they see that orange banner on there. Well, you know what has really made me the happiest, Hal, is meeting the young men. Yeah. We were in line at the Museum of the Bible, and a young man was in front of us. Mm-hmm. And his mom said, you know what, those are the people that wrote that book. And he turned around, and he could tell he was embarrassed. He was talking softly. Right. But he said... Mr. Ms. Young, I just have to tell you how grateful I am for love, honor, and virtue. And I'm like, really? Yeah, because yeah, he said, because it answered his questions and he didn't have to go ask somebody or, or, or sneak around and look it up online and who knows what he would have turned up if he'd done that. He said he felt so much better after he read it. And that just made me so happy because that was the goal. The goal was, he said, now I know what to do. Yes. And see, the goal for, was to get guys in the game themselves, mm-hmm. to get them fighting the battle, because it's so available, trash is so available now that you cannot keep it from your kids if they're determined to find it. Well, it, it's very hard to protect your kids from it, even if they're not trying to find it, because it's looking for them. All it takes is another kid with a cell phone in their pocket. Let's or, face it. Or, or a typo as they enter something in a search engine. It's, it's that easy. And when they're in the fight themselves, when they're in the battle themselves, mm-hmm. it makes all the difference in the world. Well, look, if you think that might be something of interest in helping your family, and if you've got young men, um, I'm telling you, I think you would find it helpful. Come out to our website at RaisingRealMen.com and look for the book, Love, Honor, and Virtue. Yeah, hit the shop, mm-hmm. search under category, look for the category Books for Young People. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Or you can go out to Amazon.com. It's out there, too. Yeah. So. Um, well, you know what? Other thing, too. Be in prayer for the people in the track of of Hurricane Michael. This thing has just been a, a catastrophe. Oh, and it was it just, a bad drive up here to Virginia. Well, you know, it it, it clobbered our old home place down on the uh, on the, the panhandle of Florida. Where we lived many years ago. Where we used to live many years ago. And... And that was hard to watch that video and say, oh, I know that church. Oh, I remember that street. Wow, look what happened. That was pretty bad. But 
You know what? That storm did not lose a lot of power because we were on the drive up here this week. It was just, it was, quote, downgraded to a tropical storm. We're driving into northern Virginia, and we're still de- dealing with 40 and 50 mile an hour winds and torrential rain. And well, I'm worried about the people in our state that haven't still dried out from Florence. And that was what, about three weeks ago? That yeah. wasn't long. So, so anyway, y'all pray for all the people affected by the, these hurricanes. Yeah. Today, we want to talk about manners. Now, that sounds, that may not sound really fascinating, but if you have kids, their manners are probably on your nerves. I think that's pretty typical, and that's something that I, I think a lot of parents struggle with that. And, and it's one of those things as parents, I think sometimes we struggle with, shouldn't I be doing more to teach this? Or is that so old-fashioned and out of date? And it, you know, am I just harassing my kids to to enforce some of these these rules and these relaxed times? Shut your mouth. Well, but you know what? I think some people debate that. How? Huh? Honey, I was raised in a Southern family. Manners are essential. Well, and that's what we want to talk about because you know, in in our book, Raising Real Men, we devoted a whole chapter to that because you know that's one of those things teaching our young men manners etiquette, social graces, consideration. You know, that's something that is is a matter of concern, and it's a biblical concern. Well, you know how something you said the other week when you were, you remember we, were, we, we did a podcast just recently about iGen, right. the book iGen. Mm-hmm. But something you said really struck me. You said that p- kids today, the mm-hmm. iGen generation, the, right. the ones that are now 18, 19, and under, mm-hmm are losing their ability to interact face-to-face. Because everything's being done as a text message. And we all know how nuanced that is. But, you know, they're losing that ability to to deal with people face-to-face. And that's a concern because, like you mentioned, the Bible says quite a lot about manners. And, you know, one of the things we see, I mean, just, just in recent events in the news, you look at the behavior of so many people on the news and you think, where is the common decency anymore? Where is the... Where is there any limitation or civility in the interaction? We have leaders saying that mm-hmm. people ought not to be so civil. Yeah. That they're shocks call, me. They're calling for a because breakdown in social society. The, the word civil mm-hmm. is the same root as civilization. Yeah. You know, it's the, added, the idea that we live in a community and we have to behave in such a way mm-hmm. that that community can thrive. That means we have to treat each other with consideration. There has to be some sort of mutual understanding and, and agreement on what, you know, what is considered acceptable interaction. Well, you know, if you think about diplomats, okay, why do we have embassies in different countries? Why are those? Why are the? Why do the diplomats have immunity? Diplomatic immunity. Hmm. It's because it, it, diplomats are critically important for the interaction between nations. Mm-hmm. Because if there, if you don't have an access to the other person's diplomats, you can't make peace. Right. You know the the only thing you have is war. Right. And in the same way, we've got to have diplomacy. We've got to have civilization and manners and in our interaction with other people to have peace between people. Okay, so so let's let's talk about just a little bit about a definition of this. You know, we think sometimes you talk to somebody and you say we talk, want to talk about manners. The first thing you think about is which fork do you eat with? Do you hold your pinky out when you pick up your coffee cup? 
But really and truly, manners is a much bigger thing than that, wouldn't you say? Yes, although those things are important too. Well, I mean, but anyway, of, I'm not saying they're not important, but I'm saying, but I'm saying that it's a much broader category than it, that. It is. It's really about what is our standard of interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. Because does it matter whether you? Why do? You, why is it wrong? To, why is it against manners? Yes. to eat with your mouth open. Well, because it's disgusting to the other people at the to table. To the other people, uh-huh. it's not about you. Right. It's about putting other people's needs ahead of your own. It's about showing them love. It's about showing consideration for another person's feelings, another person's sensitivities. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, I, I think of it as th- these are the rules that we've agreed to in society to regulate a peaceful interaction between people. So that our only alternative isn't clubbing people or decking them. Yeah, and so it's not a matter of who's stronger, who can shout louder, you know, who can bully the other person more effectively. It's an expression of humility and a love for the other person. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus brought it right down to, to just one phrase. Okay. The golden rule. Mm-hmm. Luke 631. Mm-hmm. Just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. If you don't want to look at other people's chewing it with their mouths open, don't chew with your own mouth open. That's an interesting thing. You know, we quote that. And, you know, what's Jesus saying there? He's saying... He's saying, put yourself in the other person's place. Ooh, that, you know, yeah, saying, that's so important. And that's really a sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. A young child is not able to do that. Mm-hmm. That's really something that you develop as they go through childhood, the ability to see things from a different perspective. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it, as you look through the rest of the New Testament, I see we're in Romans chapter 12, starting verse 10, Paul says that we should love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Wow. And so, so, you know, how do we show honor to another person? By our respectful behavior toward them, right? By our, our polite conversation, by our careful uh, manners, you know, that's how we show honor to somebody else, right? And we should be striving to outdo one another in that way. Okay. You know, this one, we were reading to our kids the other day, mm-hmm. and it really struck me. Yeah. Peter, First Peter 3, 8, mm-hmm. finally, all of you be of one mind, so be in unity. Okay. Having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. And I thought, okay. you know, we, we just got commanded to be courteous. Okay, and, and you see all those things in that passage there, to be a, of a unity of mind, to be of a unity of, of heart there, to have compassion. You know, what is compassion? Compassion is, I feel for you. You know, that my, my heart goes out to you because I see that you are in pain or you are concerned or you have something on your heart, and, and I'm, it moves me. Yes. That's compassion. And to be tenderhearted, it's kind of the same thing, right? To say, I want to be tenderhearted. That means that your your pain, your concerns will touch me because my heart is tender to that. Yes. And, oh, by the way, therefore, be courteous. Be courteous to one another. Well, and so the Word of God tells us we're supposed to be courteous. Mm-hmm. From a practical standpoint, yeah. I think it's really important to realize that in America, mm-hmm. people judge your social class by two things. What? Your grammar mm-hmm. and your table manners. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if your children 
are allowed to speak with bad grammar, mm-hmm. if they are allowed to behave badly at the table or, or in their manners, that will limit how far they are able to rise in a company, mm-hmm. in a business, in a job, whatever, because do you remember when you were an engineer working for a big company? Right. Every single person that was brought in to interview for a management, engineering kind of position, professional position, right? something happened the night before the interview. They, a manager took them out to dinner and just talked with them one-on-one. And they didn't realize that was part of the interview, did they? No, they didn't. But was it, it re- part of the interview? It was because they, they wanted to see, is this a person who carries himself well in a social situation. Yes. If we hire this person, are they going to do something stupid and embarrass the company in front of a client? Yes. That's what it comes down to. Yes. Can they communicate with the hires up in the company? Mm -hmm. Can they communicate with clients? Can they handle themselves in a social situation? Because honestly, social situations are a part of being a manager or being a professional. And you know what? mm -hmm. We went on some of those, some of those social dinners. Yes. As the person kind of interviewing, the people yep. interviewing. Yep. And I remember one man who we t- we took out to dinner. Yep. And he drank like a fish the whole evening. Well, you remember one of our sons went up for the big scholarship weekend at a, at a pretty prestigious college. And the first night before they had any of their, their panel discussions and such like, they had a big social event and they had an open bar. And a lot of those young people, they were underage, but they had the opportunity and they they tied one on so you know what a lot of them were not invited back for the scholarship because they say hey look you know what they had an opportunity and they didn't have the wisdom to say i'm not going to drink or even to say i'm 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 only going to drink moderately because this is yeah i'm not going to drink because i have interviews tomorrow right in fact one of the professors told our son well Mm -hmm. a lot of these people just just check themselves off the list because the college was looking for people who could represent them and, and so that sort of, that idea of manners and self-restraint and knowing the appropriate behavior in a situation. You know, one thing I wanted to mention, too, as I was thinking about this, is there are some men in history. There are several men that were, were well-known in their generations, men like George Washington, men like Theodore Roosevelt, who were leaders of men. Men would follow them into battle, would willingly face death, at the command of these men, had great, huge respect for them. Those men were all known for having absolutely sterling manners. Interesting. They were known for being very courteous, very proper, and yet very manly. Well, that would be something to point out to your boys it's, when they're chafing over you teaching them manners. It's, it's not weakness. It's not sissiness. It's a matter of self-control, self-respect, and respect for the other person. But you know what, Hal? I bet these people already want to teach them their kids manners. They just want to know how. So let's talk about that after the break. Okay. Because we need to thank our sponsor this week. All right. So stay with us now. We're going to hear from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. Change in the Air is a new film releasing October 19th that you won't want to miss. A peaceful community is forever changed when a mysterious young woman moves in. As the quirky locals embrace her, their lives soon improve, but they can't help notice that their strange new neighbor has a secret. Change in the Air will release in select theaters and on digital on October 19th. Go to changeintheairmovie.com to see if the film is playing near you or purchase or rent it the day it comes out. 
Change in the Air in theaters and on digital October 19th. Okay, so we're talking about manners and this manly art of being polite. Polite. <laughs> okay. And, and so how do you do that? Well, you know, part of it is you have an expectation and you teach it. Mm-hmm. You teach your children, don't do that. That's rude. And then you have some consequences. Like one of the consequences <laughs> at our table right. is if you use bad manners after being warned or mm-hmm. if you complained about the food, you got to stand up behind your chair for a while. And it- 60 seconds or something or a couple of minutes but boy it was an eternity for like a hungry nine-year-old yes. i mean and it was so embarrassing most kids didn't do it more than once or twice but they but all of them did it once or twice oh yes definitely yeah part of it is teaching it but also explaining why like mm-hmm. one of the things I, I was talking to our kids is how to introduce Someone, someone to mm-hmm. someone else, and especially if you're introducing people of different ranks. Okay. You know, and for example, if you're introducing people of different ranks, you right. go to the elder person and yes. you say, let me introduce to you this younger person. Say, Grandma, I'd like to introduce you to my friend. This is... Yes, you know. this is my friend. And my friend, this is my grandmother. Yes. You, And it's a way of showing honor to that older person. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? You know what? In your life, it may or may not be. But if it is, it's going to be really important, uh-huh. you know. And so some of those things are, are social niceties. A lot of it, though, is just let's learn how to show courtesy to one another. Mm-hmm. So we say, like, how, how do you address someone? Well, okay. Now, that's an interesting question. You know, one of the things you think about, we see these things in Scripture that say we are to be courteous people. We are to show honor to one another. But in some ways, now some places, you know, the scripture does say it's the it's correct thing to stand up when an older person comes into the room. You know, that's biblical. Really? You know, to rise up before the gray head, it says. Interesting. That's in the Proverbs. And so that actually is one one thing. And, and you may have to remind your kids, mm-hmm. you know, adults are coming in the room. You lean over and you whisper to your child, you need to stand up. We need to make sure all the adults have seats. Mm-hmm. But then there's other things which you see in Scripture which were very much a matter of manners and courtesy and social expectations then. In their culture. In their culture, but now we have other, other markers. So, so like, give us an example, Hal. Okay. So like Jesus made an issue about washing the feet of your guests. He, you know, he washed the disciples' feet, but he, he, made issue, he made a point about that several places. And Paul says the same thing when he talks about, you know, older women who have shown hospitality to visitors and have washed the feet of the saints. He says, you know, that's that was a sign of respect and a sign of a sign of, of honor in their society, which we just don't have. That's not generally an issue, but that's also because we're not using walking on dusty dirt roads and sandals. Okay. And so But on the flip side on the flip w- side when we visited China you better take your shoes off when you come in the house. Yes, that's very, very rude to walk into someone's house with shoes on. And if you see what's going on in the streets, you understand why. And that's probably true in some American cities, too. True. Okay, so that and was a, a sign of courtesy to to people in those cities was, as soon as I walk in the door, I'm going to take my shoes off. Or in some Arab countries, you don't even allow someone to see the bottom of your shoe. You never cross your legs so that your shoe, the bottom of your shoe is visible. 
I think uh-huh. that's true in the Philippines as well. No, in Thailand as well. Yeah. Because I remember one of our friends who lives in Thailand saying, you don't step over someone's leg or something to get to get across a crowded room. You know, like if people are sitting on the floor, you can't step over their leg because that exposes the bottom of your shoe. Well, you know, some of our listeners may be old enough to remember when, when Saddam Hussein's regime was toppled in Iraq that, you know, some of the statues were pulled down and the crowds gathered around the statues and beat on it with their shoes. Do you remember seeing that yes. in the video? And, and that think, seems very weird to that us That seems so weird to us, but in their society, the bottom of your shoe was an insulting, filthy place, and so we're going to beat on the statue of this hated right. dictator with our shoes. Okay, so there's differences in society that that dictate what the manners are. So we have to be sensitive to our own society. A prime example is how a child addresses an adult. Perfect like, For example. example, where we grew up, children call call people Mr. and Mrs. Trout, yep. you know, and they say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And right. I, one of mine said, yeah, the other day, and I just stared at her. And she said, uh, uh, yes, ma'am. Yeah, the, <laughs> and the room grew darker. <laughs> the room got darker. Lightning yes. flashed around. But, you know, we've, but, but we've, seen that. we've seen that as we've traveled around in some parts of the country, that ma'am and sir is just not common. I have had friends that were offended by it. And I'm like, What? And they're like, it just makes me feel like an old person. What? That doesn't make sense to me. But mm-hmm. we need to be Greeks to the Greeks, Romans to the Romans. We need to be, we need to get to use the terminology that makes the person feel honored. Well, okay. That's a good example there, too. Think about when we've traveled in Europe. Yes. That in Europe, the table manners are a little different. They don't swap their, their forks and knives back and forth between hands like we do. Like the, a right-handed person would use the knife in their right hand and the fork in their left hand upside down by our standards yeah. to eat. They would hold it down, they'd cut the meat, and then they would they would use the fork in their left hand upside down. But that's just the way that they, that's their standard. And so, you know, we mm-hmm. need to, to live by the standard of wherever we are. And, and that may, in some areas, you say Mrs. Jones. In another area, you'd say Aunt Beverly. Uh-huh. In another area, you'd say Miss Bev or Sister Jones. We've heard all those in different parts of the country that we've lived. Yeah, uh-huh. we need to call them. We need to call people by the names that make them feel honored. In fact, we need to call people by names that they like. Period. And not stoop to name calling of the other sort. It's so critical because mm-hmm. this is something names are important in the scripture. Yeah. And you know, again and again, people's names are called out as having meaning, and we need to make sure that our kids are not name calling toward each other. Or other people. Well, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives several examples where he says, okay, here's an external action, and then here is the state of the heart on the inside of it. And, and he's concerned about the heart. And one of the things he talks about is about anger and about you know disrespect and, and hatred toward other people. And he warns us not to call somebody a fool, not to use it. He used an Aramaic insult, but but it basically meant worthless or empty-headed person. Okay, Jesus said, and that's Matthew five twenty-two. If you want to look it up, but Matthew says, I mean, uh, Jesus says, don't stoop to that kind of name calling. Okay, and that I think that's an important thing because you know what, I hear so much of it on talk radio, on the news media, on social media. You just see so many people that are 
you know, neither are we supposed to practice character assassination. Right. You mm-hmm. know, just for example, it says that Paul was slandered. The uh-huh. word also means blasphemed. It just yeah. means to slander somebody's character, to attack their character. Yeah. Titus 3.2 says to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, <clears throat> showing all humility to mm-hmm. all men. And, and you know what? That, that's a hard thing because we so badly, I think socially, we want to really zing the opposition. We want to really, really say something snappy about them. And honest to goodness, the scriptures say we're not supposed to be that way. And it's a qualification of a leader of the church, a qualification of elders, that they mm-hmm. aren't quarrelsome. Okay. And so, so we need to, we're responsible for teaching our kids and for holding them accountable. Yeah. Proverbs 20, mm-hmm. even, and, a, even a child is known by his deeds, whether what he does is pure and right. And, and that's an important thing because, you know, it, there's passages in Scripture that indicate even small children are held accountable. Yeah. You know, even young people are held accountable. So, so you know what, there's so much to be said about that. But I think the real point is manners are important. Courtesy is important. It's something that scriptures not only say is a good thing, but we're told to be courteous people. And there are times in your kid's childhood that this is really hard to do. Yep. Preteens are really difficult. You know, three-year-olds are really difficult. Right. You know, there are times it's difficult, but if you keep working at it, if you continue Mm -hmm. to drive it home to them, no, we don't do that. Right. This is why. Mm -hmm. Point out that the the advantage of, of... Regarding somebody else more highly than yourself. Mm-hmm. Can you say that you love the brethren if you aren't regarding them more highly than you're regarding yourself? Wow. And when you teach him those things, it pays off. You know, I was interested that one of our sons said that he, that he is often invited to have lunch with the trustees of his college. Because and he with has donors a, of, our, of his college. Because he has a reputation for having good manners and being a polite, respectful, conversationalist there with people who actually have a lot of power in the life of his school. And you know what? That's opening some doors for him. It is. It is. And so it's worth teaching our kids these things. It's worth holding them accountable. Y'all, don't don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. You're going to get there. Your kids are going to learn it. Mm-hmm. They're going to amaze you one day. And I know when they're busy making fart noises mm-hmm. with their arms, it's hard to even imagine it. But they're going to get there, and they're going to make you proud one day. Okay, well, look, we are running short of time, so we need just a couple of things here. Just want to mention, if you want to read some more about this, like I said, we've got a chapter in our book, Raising Real Men. We've also got a chapter in our book, our new book, No Longer Little. It talks about the struggles that you're having with your middle schoolers, and there's a whole chapter talking about family relationships and manners and such like that for that crowd as well. You can get both of those on our website at RaisingRealMen.com. And? October 22nd through 29th, we're going to be speaking at the Free Online Parenting Summit, sponsored by Christian Home Educators of Colorado, and it's free. It's online. There's going to be more than two dozen speakers and teachers, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of parenting issues. We're going to be talking about parenting preteens. And so if you come to the show page and click on the link at howlandmelanie.com slash radio, we'll put that right up there, and it'll take you there where you can get that free registration. So that's October 22nd through 29th. Guys, it's been great talking to you. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. You're going to get there with your kids. Okay. All right. Take care. Yep. We'll talk to you next week. So until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Melanie. I'm Hal. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E dot com. Or follow us on social media 
You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Alan Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.